Hi, I'm Annie Makala, founding director of the Scott Center for Social Entrepreneurship. Join us for the Scott Center podcast series as we discuss the ways that we have brought social entrepreneurship education to four to 14 year olds here at Hillbrook School. We believe that social entrepreneurship will be a core part of every child's learning experience. Join us on our journey so that you can have insights into ways you might bring this type of learning to your school. Hello, everyone. We are back with the Scott Center podcast series, and we are back outside on a beautiful day on the Hillbrook campus. You will likely hear lots of voices in the background. It is recess time for our lower school students, and um, we are on a school campus, which is what's magical about our podcast series. I'm so excited because today we are doing a podcast takeover with Miss G, sixth grade English teacher at Hillbrook School, and six sixth grade students that have been selected as part of our Sustainable Development Goals project in Miss G's English class to represent a community garden design that they created in partnership with another student. We'll hear from these students a little bit about their design, what, what SDG they chose, um, and what matters to them in their community garden. To get us started, though, I am so excited to have Ms. G. Well, joining us today on the podcast. Thanks for being here. You're welcome. Ms. G., will you tell us a little bit about how this project came to be? You strike me as someone who um, is constantly evolving your curriculum and thinking about ways to intersect justice and action as a core part of the English curriculum design. And I know you all read a book. Tell us a little bit about the creation of this project happy to do so. So I, as a teacher, am always looking for ways to bring learning to life and how to make learning matter and how to find direct connections. So our students read a book called Seed Folks. It's by Paul Fleischman. And it envisions this, um, it's a work of fiction, but it's informed by reality. And it basically centers around a community space that eventually evolves into a garden and unifies a very diverse set of people with seemingly different needs um, and people who were living in isolation from each other. And so it led to a lot of rich discussion in the classroom. And then I was thinking about ways we could like bring this home to our own school and our own communities and thinking about um, ideal societies and how we might be part of creating those and envisioning those. That's awesome. And we had already partnered. So Mr. Callahan, myself, uh, Miss. Maloney McChrystal had partnered with the sixth grade team to launch Reach Beyond Block um, through the Identity and Impact class. So we had talked a little bit about the sustainable development goals, and we were so excited to hear that that was going to be a core part of this project. Will you tell us a little bit about the intersectionality of how you use the SDGs as part of your English project? Yes. So students chose which audience they would design for, and some of them said, you know what, I'm really living this sixth grade experience, and I'm going to design for my English class of 16 kids, or I might design for the entire grade, or an entire community. And once they figured out who their group was, then they decided, as a team, in collaboration, what their SDGs um, focal points would be. And what was fascinating to me about this was to see a wide range. Um, So we had some kids that said climate action is really important to me and I'm going to design a community that addresses these needs. Other kids said, you know what, gender equality is really important to me and I'm actually going to figure out a way to address that with the murals that we create and the messages we give and the infrastructure and the bathrooms that we provide for people. Um, Other students decided that zero hunger is what I care about and I need to make sure that the people in my community have enough food and the food is healthy. 
That's awesome. It was really exciting because we got to join you. The Scott Center joined you for their presentations and got to hear about every student's project and the garden that they designed. And you're right, it was such a nice diversity of ideas, but also it was really clear, like students are thinking deeply about what matters to them locally, and then they're connecting it to this global United Nations Sustainable Development Goal. So the Act Local, Think Global was really prevalent in their, their designs. It was awesome. One thing I really liked about that was um, I worked with a whole bunch of teachers, and I see Matt over there, and he gave me some resources, and so did you, Annie, um, about vegetation, like local organizations that are impacting change, but then even like slightly farther afield, we studied Edible Schoolyard in Berkeley and the impact that it's having in Oakland as well, and then we traveled all the way down south to L.A. to look at Ron Finley's project to see what he's doing in south central L.A., and so learning about your environment not only here, but, you know, in greater California. California um, was a neat piece to this project. That's awesome. Well, we're really excited to hear from our three winning student groups. So we are going to pass the mic over to the first group and hear a little bit more about how they went about the design. So we will start with Addie. Okay, y'all, thanks so much for joining us. Of course. And congratulations on being one of the selected groups that Thank you so much. designed your garden in a way that was really compelling and thoughtfully done. Um, I'm going to open the questions by asking you to tell us a little bit about what you've learned about community gardens, either from the book that you read, your own research, and the design process. So each of you can um, have a chance to answer this question. Well, we learned that everyone can start by just planting one seed. And everyone can make an impact by doing that. Um, We also learned that there's many different ways people can start a garden and how um, people can, no matter what race they are, they can always plant that seed there and start it. Awesome. And something else we learned is that people can really make a difference. They can take an abandoned lot and make a garden that unites the community and it can really make people feel more comfortable, more open and have a greater connection with their neighbors and the rest of the people in their community. It's so beautifully said that gardens are not only a place where we're planting and you know growing delicious vegetables and food, they're also a place of community and connection. Um, and I love that you read that both in the book, but then also that showed up in your own design. So will you tell us about your garden design? So our garden design is mostly centered around our SDG No Poverty and something that we'd like to highlight is the actual garden part of it where we have little individual plots so that everybody can reap their own hard work. Um, What would you add, Addie? So um, our garden is the SDG around it is no poverty. And what we were doing by no poverty is, like Arya said, um, making everyone able to garden in their own plots. Um, We have plots where everyone can garden what they want and everyone's needs will be near them. Like there's no water supply that will be further away from one each other. 
Nice. It'll always be the same where um, anyone is. So, um, why do you each believe that gardens and community spaces matter? What did you learn about why these spaces matter? We chose, wait, it helps people get back on their feet by giving them a fixed address so they can um, have a, get a job. Yeah, we have a hotel and inn where if you're having trouble, my mom told me that you can't get a job without a fixed address, so the system works against these people. This gives you an address where you can that you can use, you can live at for completely for free and you can get a job and get back on your feet. That's awesome. Yeah, one of the things that stood out to me when you all presented was this idea that community spaces, the garden was the focal point, but you thought about so many other parts of what keeps communities safe and thriving, including making sure people had access to housing and making sure people had access to a park and an outdoor space for play and thinking about you know, your garden as a space of connection. Um, it was really beautiful to see that. So you told us a little bit about the SDG that you chose, No Poverty. Is there anything that surprised you about trying to design around that SDG or anything that you learned when you thought about using that SDG, no poverty, as your focal point? Um, so there's a lot of things that have poverty in it. So like, let's say I went to CVS and one of the workers there didn't like, um, let's say what I, um, like the language I spoke. Mm. So they would give me a different, um, they would give, um, they would give me a different reaction on what I'm trying to get or um, different way. So like maybe they'll be really negative towards me or be like really rude. But then like maybe someone that they like that race, um, they will be really nice. So that's why we chose no poverty. So everyone can get the same equality and equity nice. that they deserve. Yeah, that's really well said, Addy. So you were thinking about, you know, making sure people had access to the spaces that you designed and that those spaces were designed around equality. That's really beautifully shared. So your project was chosen as one of the winning projects, which means you get to make a donation from the Scott Center to an organization connected to your garden design. Can you share which organization you chose and why? So we chose Second Harvest Food Bank so people can get to, as well as no poverty, um, this is also zero hunger as well. Nice. So people can get just as much food as everybody else does, still going along the lines of that equity and fairness and equality because just because of your financial situation or if you are have come to America from somewhere else, if you're an immigrant, which the book we read talked a lot about, um, then you might not have as much money and accessibility to food. And I don't think that that should be a thing. I think everybody should have the same basic human rights. Well said, that's beautifully said. Thank you both so much. Congratulations on your um, winning design. And we are going to give a shout out to Second Harvest Food Bank that was chosen by these two students and that will be receiving a donation from the Scott Center um, in honor of the garden design. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Olivia and Emily are going to be up next. Okay, welcome Emily and Olivia. 
you were another group that stood out to us in your garden design. Will you start by telling us a little bit about what each of you learned when it comes to community, gardens, and um, the book that you read in connection to your research and design process? What did each of you learn throughout this project? We learned about how community gardens can be used for change and not only growing things well, because community gardens um, can bring people together and help and help people connect in ways that other places can't. That's so well said, Olivia. Thanks for sharing. How about you, Emily? Um, something I learned about community gardens um, from the book is that we could make a garden out of like a very dirty place or if someone starts it we can all go together and do it that's so well said so often a garden you know it can be created out of a space that doesn't necessarily look like it's gonna be a garden so you have to have you have to use your imagination at the beginning but i love emily that you also named it's a place that once you get started it tends to draw people in and then you have a group working together to keep the gardens thriving Tell us a little bit about your garden design. You all worked so hard on your project. We'd love to hear the process and what you ended up designing. Some of our highlights from our design are the fire station and the treehouse. Um, we picked the fire station because we built the fire station on water because fire gets off when the, when the water goes on top of it. And we also picked the treehouse because it takes a lot of trees to build one house and we can just get like inside a tree and then just live in a tree instead of cutting them down. Emily, I love that idea because I actually know people who did reside in trees, some of them for a short period of time and some people for a long period of time. And I thought that was really clever. And we talked also and lived through the fires and, you know, California, that's really important to us. Um, and we thought about air quality and we thought about what it takes in order to keep our communities safe from these kinds of dangers. Yeah, absolutely. How about you, Olivia? What were some highlights of the, of the garden you and Emily designed? Well, mostly what Emily said, like the trees, because if the houses are in the trees, then deforestation won't be as big of a problem for the animals because you can't cut a tree without cutting down your own house. That's super interesting. Yeah, when, when you think of a design that creates connection between humans, nature, and animals, then you're also creating spaces where, those, where the nature and the animals are protected. I love that you thought about that. Will you tell us a little bit about why you think gardens and community spaces matter? Well, I think that they matter for not only good food production, like how to grow and create food that's not all bad for the environment, but to also to link people together and help them potentially make more friends and grow and connect as a community in general. And that might even help, re help reduce the number of fights and crimes in a whole community mm. if they all see each other every day with a common interest, working together and having fun. That's so well said. Yes, when people spend time together in community working on a, something that's a bigger goal, like a garden or like designing a space together, um, what an important experience that is and how beneficial it is to the community. Anything you would add, Emily? No, I think Olivia explained very well. <laughs> nice. Tell us a little bit about the SDG that you all chose and something you learned about that SDG. 
Um, the SDGs that we choose was climate action and life on land. We choose the we choose climate action because it was very important to us, and if CO two um, keeps growing, we can we don't have our future. Mm. Yeah, well said. Anything you want to add to that, Olivia? Oh uh, yeah. Um, climate action is also connected to life on land mm. because if there's no climate, then there's no life, not on land and no anywhere. And we've been learning about climate change in school. Um, in science, and it's probably the worst threat that we've ever that we've ever had in our lifetimes. And it's not and it's not um, fair to us that every that the way that we live in general is leading to the end is leading to the end of the world mm. and the end of life for all these animals that don't have any control over it. Yeah, it's really it's it's an important topic that I know both of you have talked a lot about and think a lot about. Um, and it's really interesting to think about what a community garden design could look like that uh, takes into account climate change and life on land, both for animals, for people, for nature. And I love that so much of your design has blue and green. Tell us a little bit more about the colors that you used in your community garden design. Um, the colors we used are um, very green and very blue because we like gardens mm -hmm. and plants and trees growing so thus the co2 even a little bit can reduce also um one of the things that i noticed is that plants and gardens also hinge on the climate mm -hmm. because if it's like complete like if it's winter all the time then crops wouldn't be able to grow. And if it was too hot, like complete summer all year round, then they wouldn't get enough rain and they'd die off. So climate is important, not just for animals, but for plants too. And for a garden to succeed, its plants have to succeed. Absolutely, you're talking about the intersectionality of all of the ways that plants, animals, and people need to survive. It's beautiful. So you all chose an organization that matters to you that will receive the donation in, um, in honor of your garden design. Will you tell us which organization you chose? Yes, we chose the World Wildlife Fund because we were really rushing to pick one um, because we really hadn't thought about it for very long. And WWF is doing good work conserving animal habitats and educating people about nature and about um, life, wildlife in general um, through their pretty good website and the action that they've been taking around the world. Awesome. Thank you so much, Olivia and Emily. And thanks so much for your hard work on your garden design. It's really incredible to see all of the ways that you've imagined a space that's good for people and planet and animals. <laughs> Olivia, I love the idea of you in your treehouse with your binoculars doing some ornithology. <laughs> I think that's gonna happen very soon in the future, Olivia. Maybe one day. <laughs> All right, Maddie and Peyton are up next. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Okay, welcome Maddie and Peyton. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome. It's great to have you with us, Maddie and Peyton. You are our third and final group that was chosen um, as a standout community garden design. Will you start by telling us first a little bit about what you learned when it comes to community gardens and the importance um, both that they played in the book that you read, but also as you thought about designing your own community garden. Um, we learned that um, 
you need space for like to be creative for like music yeah. or art. Yeah, so you designed a space for people to enhance um, people's creativity and the ways in which people are in community together. Anything else you would add to that, Maddie? We also uh, learned that there, you only need like one or yeah. two people to start a community garden. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Tell us a little bit about your garden design. What things, what things would you like to highlight? What stands out to you? We would like to highlight like um, the houses that we made and we also like to highlight how the school, they put it right next to the farm so you can like learn a lot about like farming and maybe science. Yeah. And the farm, in our design, the farm supplies food for the bakery and the smoothie shop and also like maybe food for lunch for the school. Awesome. I'm looking right now at your community garden design and I'm noticing something in the center of it that really stood out to me. Tell us a little bit about the focal, kind of the center point of your design. So right in the middle of our design, there is a big river that has yeah. like this wall that cuts off some of part of the river and makes it a big beach with like a swimming hole. Yeah. And there's some people in the water and on the sand yeah and it's next to a park awesome yeah water is such an important part of keeping communities thriving and i loved that um you you named it both as like something that's really important to be able to grow food and grow a garden but it's also like the space that people really enjoy spending time together um it's really cool. I loved how much play was invited in this design, and I could easily picture myself participating in all of these sorts of activities. There are people snoozing in the park and swinging and swimming and jumping, and it was just endless joy all over the place. Absolutely. It's like laughter's coming off the page as I look at your design. Maddie, will you tell me a little bit about the SDG that you all designed your garden around? Uh, God. That's okay. Uh, was it climate action? Yeah, I, th I think it was. Yeah. Um, at first, though, we she picked good health and well-being, and yeah. I picked climate action. Then, yeah. after we talked a little bit, we decided that you can't really have good health and well-being if you don't do something about climate action first. Yeah. Yeah, I remembered your group. You had some really amazing conversations around how hard it is to choose a single SDG because so many of them felt so important. Yeah. One of the things I noticed on the good health and well-being piece was that that was particularly pronounced this year. Um, coming off the heels of COVID, I was thinking about how it got us to kind of reassess and reflect on um, what was really, really core to us. And for sure, your design reflected good health and well-being. Absolutely. Um, will you all tell us a little bit about the organization you chose to receive the donation? So um, me and Maddie chose the Edible Schoolyard because we think it's really important that kids should learn about sustainability and like growing your own food and the yeah. farm to table movement. Yeah, absolutely. That gardens not only serve, you know, a really important purpose at school, we're actually doing the podcast live from our own school community garden, um, but that they're also playing a role with both the SDGs that you named. The Edible Schoolyard is an incredible organization that's not only teaching really great life skills, but also helping the planet. Yeah, um, 
So from the video we watched, so Alice Waters came to this middle school and she saw the big empty lot next to the school and um, she helped them turn it into a giant garden and they also turned this part of the science classroom into like a kitchen where the kids could like grow and cook their own food. That's awesome. I'm looking right behind you and there's a sign with a giant kiwi plant on it and I'm imagining students eating from that kiwi plant. What's a fruit or vegetable you would want to make sure shows up in your garden? What's something you all love to eat? Um, I really like one of my favorite vegetables. Well, three of my favorite vegetables are tomatoes, cucumbers, and potatoes. Because mm. you can do so much with them. Um, I would like like watermelon. I don't think that's a fruit. Well, yeah, it is. Um, and probably some strawberries or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's a nice mix. You have watermelon, strawberries, tomatoes, cucumbers, potatoes. It's a I, garden I want to visit. I also really like kiwi fruit, and I didn't actually know kiwis grew on trees until I came here yesterday. It's amazing. Gardens can teach us so many things. Anything else you all want to add about the project? Congratulations again. It's such a beautiful design. I know you both worked really hard on it. To help enforce our SDG on our um, project, for power that our town uses both a well a water wheel solar and wind turbines and all the houses have solar panels and are heated with wood fired um stoves and like a fireplace yeah i also saw some people power in your plan your form of transportation some students had cars electric yeah. and gas cars but you chose bicycles and foot power getting people around in natural ways that are healthy to their bodies too. Yeah, um, I personally really like to bike because we live in the Santa Cruz Mountains. Our road is one way and I like to go up and down because our house is at the end and it's actually a mile if you go up and down. And That's I like awesome. to bike up and down and my whole family likes to go on like a little biking trip. And I just thought that bikes are really fun and it's not that tiring and easy that's awesome. I like bikes a lot too. Like, I have this one bike that I haven't ridden in a while and I want to ride it soon. And um, I think my whole family really likes biking, except for my brother and mom. It's just me and my dad, really. But. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you both so much for sharing your garden design with us, for thinking deeply about how we can make actionable change connected to the sustainable development goals, but also for thinking about what it means to bring community together. My favorite thing about this project, all sixth graders were thinking about what community means and how we all play an active role in creating the community that we want to be part of and designing the kind of world we want to live in. So what a cool project. Huge shout out to all the sixth graders. There were so many incredible projects. It was really hard um, to choose just three. And I know that Miss G, this is something that hopefully we'll be able to do more of in the future as we continue to partner together. Thank you, Annie. Thanks for inviting us to do the podcast. It's really fun. Yeah. You all were awesome. So awesome. Thanks again for being here. If you would like to know more about the Sustainable Development Goals and Garden Project, check out our 
social media posts because we'll have pictures of all the different gardens that students have designed and we encourage you to reach out to us and we would be happy to share more about not only just this class in this curriculum but other ideas that we have of, of incorporating the sustainable development goals and social entrepreneurship into your curriculum much of that comes from the brilliance of students and young change makers on our campus and in the larger community so we were so grateful to get to highlight some of their voices today on our podcast thanks for your flexibility as you heard lots of children playing and enjoying our outdoor garden space here at hillbrook thanks for joining us for another episode of the scott center podcast series The Scott Center was made possible by a generous grant from the Scott Foundation. As a first-of-its-kind center launched and housed at Hillbrook School, the Scott Center for Social Entrepreneurship puts student engagement and learning at the center of our work. We ask children and adults two core questions. What matters to you, and what are you doing about it? Six pillars guide our work at the Scott Center for Social Entrepreneurship. Design, story, civics, systems, finance, and agency. The best version of social entrepreneurship education is achieved when learners engage deeply with all six pillars. This episode was produced by Bill Selleck, Director of Technology and Master of All Podcasts at Hillbrook School. Follow us on our social media channels. You can search for Scott Center for Social Entrepreneurship. Subscribe to the podcast series so you don't miss an episode. We look forward to you joining us next time.